What's your name? Buddy. Your costume is pretty. Oh, it's not a costume. I'm an elf. Well, technically, I'm a human, but I was raised by elves. On November 7th, the world's largest elf is coming home for the holidays. We elves try to stick to the four main food groups. Candy, candy canes, candy corns, and syrup. Will Ferrell. Okay, people, Santa's coming to Santa. I know him. I know him. Elf. What do you want for Christmas? This is he talks a lot. I'll put in a good word with the big man. Rated PG. Starts Friday, November 7th. Hello, all you cotton-headed ninny-muggins out there, and welcome to Cinemarcade. This is the show about movies, video games, and the sparks that fly when those two worlds collide. Or should we say the sparkles that fly? The the glitter that flies? The snowflakes? I don't know. Because, the maple syrup that flows. Yes, absolutely. Uh, because uh, we're, we're having an all-Christmassy month, and of course it wouldn't be a Christmassy month in America without talking about elf from 2003 uh, my name is steve guntley overgrown boy and uh who else is with me today i'm jayban um i am elf lady that is just like why are why are you in this movie does he need a romantic interest i don't know um, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that yeah i have some debate uh, some questions about how attractive a person like that would be but we'll get into that. Uh, who else is here with us? Uh, hi, uh, I am Buddy the Elf's father, and I dislike Buddy the Elf just as much as he does. Yeah, well, this is going to be interesting. Like, typically, uh, Justin either hasn't seen the movie we've watched before, or like you, you come to it pretty positively for the most part. Like, we haven't seen too many movies that you've out and out hated but you're coming kind of preloaded to this one with some animosity towards buddy the elf yeah is it uh what do you think it is just overexposure or just a movie did it ever click with you or was it just I, uh i don't like cringy comedy hmm. and to me that's like a lot of will ferrell in this movie um and so all of the parts that aren't really that buddy the elf involved are okay but i just don't really enjoy buddy the elf so Until wait, like the near buddy? the end of the movie, <laughs> I, I think, think I, say, I don't revolve around Buddy in some way. When, when he uh, when it's less about him being uh, so alien to this world and just doing what we would consider to be dumb and annoying stuff, um, I just like all of that part. I'm just like. So your your ideal version of this movie would just be a documentary about James Caan working at a book editor's. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then also like the the dynamics of his family as he comes to realize that yeah, he has been really ignoring his family for work. But what would have spurred him to that realization were it not for a large man in an elf costume? Uh, I can think of a number of other things that could have done it. Three ghosts, um, maybe? Alcoholism, some ghosts, uh, his other son that has been neglected that's and is clearly feeling it. He does have another son, um, that's true. Um, but, like, again, I the it's not the fact that it is this movie. It's the fact that I just don't enjoy Buddy the Elf in this movie. So you don't enjoy Buddy the Elf in this movie, but did was there ever a time, like, so this is probably, like, what, 
came out when you were five or something like what that? What year was this? 2003. 2003, I was eight. Eight. Okay. So you came out, this is eight. It annoyed you even then? or yes. I, I also like, there was the three channels that kids watched. It was Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, or Disney. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Disney and Nickelodeon trended more towards stuff that was closer to cringe comedy with stuff like that. So Raven and all of that, where it's like, this is all just a big old thing of people causing problems themselves. Sure. On a, a, like it's Mr. It's farce. Yeah. Yeah. I can watch Mr. Bean do it because Mr. Bean does it in ways that's funny, but uh, I don't know. Like watching the office, I didn't really like the first half of the office and mm. then a lot of the parts of the episodes i was just like meh I'll, I'll be uh, interested to dig into this because like i find the second half of the office far cringier than the first half but we can yeah. we can get into are we ever that. gonna play the office video game oh there <laughs> it's not a movie one, right yeah there there's no office movie there is yeah, an there office movie there's a british office movie oh yeah. okay yeah david brent on the road uh yeah that's a real movie um, probably shouldn't exist um, but we're not talking about The Office today. We're talking about Elf, which was released November 7th, 2003. This was directed by John Favreau, written by David Berenbaum. And this stars Will Ferrell, James Caan, Zoe Deschanel, Bob Newhart, Ed Asner, Mary Steenburgen, Faison Love, and Peter Dinklage. So, oh, Zoe Deschanel was also pretty cool. Okay. All right. All right. See, I think I think we're going to have pretty different opinions on this movie. Because I feel like <laughs> I don't know. Deschanel was kind of in her weird wilderness period at this point, like where... She's so cute, and she's such a, got such a cute voice. She yeah. does. Look, she, she, it was clear that she had something. She did this indie movie in the late 90s called All the Real Girls, which really kind of... Uh, made people pay attention to her. But then they started trying to slot her into like big Hollywood movies. And a lot of the time her role was kind of like the sour, uh, straight faced, like serious girl. You know, <laughs> she did that in this, she did that in like uh, hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. Yeah. Like, I, I liked her in that too. I think you guys might be learning something about me. <laughs> that's this. fair. But I mean, I think she, she, once new girl came around, she kind of like solidified what her comic persona is. And she's like suddenly very lively and charming and like, you know, but I think she's in this phase in this movie where she's kind of like, and not that this role gives her a whole lot to do. We'll we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, I just want to talk a little bit about the the weird path that this movie has had to get to the screen. So uh, this year marks the 20th anniversary of this movie, and uh, it was kind of a long road to get to that point. The script for this was first written back in 1993. Wow. All right, the original people who were attached to star in this First was Chris Farley, and he passed, and then was Jim Carrey, uh, and then he passed. You know, and I think Jim Carrey might have actually been passed. attached. I don't think Jim Carrey passed he, the project. He passed on the project. Yes, Chris. Did, both of them also said no to the project, but Chris okay. Farley, in addition, passed away. I, I wasn't I sure. Say, I was like, oh, that's a, <laughs> no, like, Jim, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey's fine. Still alive. Like, yeah. he's, he's fine. He's fine. Everybody, don't go checking Twitter. It's fine. Um, yeah, so they were both. What did uh, you do to Twitter? No, nothing. You no, mean Elon, oh, Elon right. Musk did it to Twitter. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't do shit. I left that <laughs> sideshow a long time ago. 
Uh, but the original script of this was much darker and aimed to be more of like a satirical movie for uh, at least like a PG-13. Like not Maybe I would have enjoyed that movie. <laughs> you know, there, there were bits and pieces of that were taken. This John Favreau, when he was brought on to direct this, at this point he was better known as an actor. You'd probably know him from movies like uh, Rudy or Swingers and things like that. He directed one movie before uh, called Made that he and Vince Vaughn did together. It was kind of their reunion from Swingers. It's kind of like a mediocre mob comedy, but some people go to bat for it. But he was approached to direct this film. Uh, he didn't really like the darker elements, and he wanted to strip this down and make this more of like a timeless family film. And the other thing he really wanted to do was work with Will Ferrell. So Will Ferrell at this time was kind of the MVP of Saturday Night Live, you know, and he seemed like he was kind of poised to break out in movies. He had big kind of attention-grabbing roles in two movies back-to-back. He did Zoolander in 2001, where he's the villain and he's a lot of fun, and then he did uh, Old School in 2002, which, again, I don't think that's a very good movie, but he is good in it, and Mm -hmm. it kind of showed that this guy had a little bit of juice. So this was going to be kind of his first real starring role in a non-SNL movie. Uh, So when he was hired, he brought his uh, writing partner, Adam McKay, uh, in to work on the script with him. They stripped away a lot of the darker elements. They added a lot more room for improvisation and uh, uh, kind of all-ages comedy. And they also wanted the movie to look a little bit more like a Rankin-Bass like animated special from the 60s. So like your Rudolph, your your uh, uh, Snow Miser, all of those things. You know? And that really like, shows in the beginning. It, yes. It really shows in the beginning. And I'm like, did they have, like, I felt like that snowman was the snowman from um, Rudolph. And I was like, did they get permission? Is it like, is it just a knockoff? Rudolph Snowman. It's really close. It's, it's close it's enough. very close. Yeah, yeah. And it's not voiced by Burl Ives anymore because he has passed. Uh, he passed on this project and life. Um, but, yeah, so they, they kind of uh, gave it more of this whimsical feeling. And, yeah, like you said, you really see it in the beginning and elements towards it at the end. And this movie came out and became a surprise, like, critical and commercial hit when it debuted. And this basically minted Will Ferrell as a movie star and John Favreau as, like, one of those sort of mainstream filmmakers who can kind of do big budget things without making studios nervous. They and I think that's kind of his deal. Made right? so much money off of this, like what, two hundred and twenty five uh, like domestic? That. And I'm just like off of a thirty three thirty five budget, it's just like Very an obscene modest. amount of money. You know, it's been I think before this it had been a while since we'd had like a real sort of critical consensus like timeless Christmas movie like the Grinch had come out two years before this and was a massive massive box office hit but I think most people agree that movie is fucking terrible uh, <laughs> it's an unwatchable piece of shit uh, and I think the, the the bit of nostalgia that people hold on to that movie is, seems to be gradually fading as elf nostalgia starts to kind of take its place I think that's been sort of the most surprising tale of this movie I guess it shouldn't be that surprising but this has probably become the dominant Christmas movie in our culture, right? Like, I think it used to be the Christmas story. Now I think it's this. I um, I think it's interesting because I was I watched this on HBO, uh, and they they definitely it was like number two on their um, on their top rental or top whatever yeah, list, top streams uh, top streams list, and I'm just like, and I think that's really interesting because um I. I initially coming into this movie, I was a little bit more aligned with Justin. Okay. Because I did like I both really like Will Ferrell, but like I don't like. Um, I've always had an issue with 
characters like fish out of water characters that are yeah. obviously like <clears throat> stupid mm. like i like i like when play characters played to the top of their intelligence or like if they're stupid then there's I don't know. Like it's got to be kind like, of like the idiot savant type of thing, where like yeah. they have they have redeeming qualities. And it's just like, um, uh, but rewatching it, I was like, I think this is an inoffensive movie. Like it's, yeah. um, it's lower. Uh, it, it it's like I really liked a Christmas story, and that's probably like what I grew up with being like the classic Christmas story. It's my sister's favorite Christmas movie. I like the me personally. <laughs> I like the older ones. I like the black and white ones. I like Christmas in Connecticut. I like um, White Christmas. Wonderful life. Uh, so, it's yeah, Wonderful Life. Yeah. Like um, I like eyes the black. wide shut. Yeah, <laughs> I like, like that. that. Yeah. Your sister's favorite Christmas movie is Christmas Story, and my sister's favorite Christmas movie is Elf. <laughs> And that's why I watch this movie a lot, too. Fair. <laughs> um, this was a common thing we watched. But I think you're right in that uh, as somebody who is neurodivergent, like, there's nothing that is like, oh, they're not painting him as autistic or dumb. They're just painting him as incredibly naive. And over mm. the course of the movie, he starts to learn and realize that, which is a plus. And that's why near the end of the movie, that's when I'm like, okay, I, buddy's all right. Now I can tolerate him. I don't dislike him uh, because he's at least starting to fit in with this world. Yeah. Um, I, I always thought it was a strong conceit. I like the idea of like a grown man, who basically grew up in a storybook yeah. and then he gets moved into the real world and you have to kind of square that and figure out like okay not just any real world new york new york, new york like city. there new new, new york, york new york city they're walking there you know they're they're doing that like, tony so, pizza here yeah tony pizza I, I saw a thing on i think reddit about somebody complaining that their boyfriend nicknamed them tony pizza oh. and that's just <laughs> stuck in my head now um, no, but I, I think it's a funny idea. And I think where the movie gets kind of lopsided for me is that uh, the very abrupt transition, like you have the, the whimsical storybook world in the first act, which is important to set it up. And I like really the whimsical storybook world. Like yeah. I liked yeah. the narwhal. I love the little animals. The little I love yeah. like uh, and was, it was and I kind of was really rooting for him to be like oh, to find his his place in the North Pole. But he's like they were like nope your your place is gone. Your place yeah. is with your your birth family. I'm like no nah, maybe like, it's here. Maybe you just like you just gotta be a they, dentist yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they don't yeah. seem <laughs> they don't seem super tolerant uh at the no like they they seem chill with him but they're not like trying to they're okay they're tolerant but they're not uh so what's the phrase they're they're not like uh, i don't know what the phrase is it's like they're just not accepting him they, they yes they like yeah. him but they know that he's not one of them and they and he doesn't know they you know, tolerate them together they don't hate him but they're also not helping him fit in no um and then fucking santa when the guy's like yeah i'm gonna go to new york santa's like oh i've been to new york yeah i uh, don't go to strip clubs yeah. <laughs> don't eat the gum off the floor and uh, the best pizza place is here, and then just leaves. And I'm like, they they did not prepare Buddy for shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's his They're journey, you know. So That's the irresponsible. Whole point. You know, it, it's 
you know, I think where this movie kind of fails to hang together for me is just the final act when Santa comes back into the picture. I think it yeah. very abruptly turns from like a clever sort of uh, reimagining of a Christmas movie into a very standard issue Christmas movie. I think the third act is very standard issue. I think before we get to the third act, though, we should talk about like so him coming into the big city. Like I feel like this is like there's so many instances of cringe, mm-hmm. and there's like the yeah. biggest the, like. And I I said this was inoffensive earlier, but like there are a couple of things that are like oh doesn't age well, like uh, especially. Um, with uh, Peter Dinklage, uh, oh, and yeah. you're just like, ouch. I mean, like he did like beat Buddy up, but it's, you're just like, mm, I oh. skipped that part because I'm like, I know what this is, and I really don't like it. Like, I just know how much I don't enjoy that part, so I skipped past it until afterwards, and I was like, all right, cool. I, From the moment uh, Buddy walked into that room, I skipped until the aftermath. I, I think that bit is funny, and again, it's because, like you were saying, Javan, like everyone's, everyone is playing to the top of their intelligence in that yeah. scene. Peter Dinklage, like uh, one of the things I love about him is that he would, he lost a lot of work in his career because he refused to do like suit work. You know, yeah. he refused to play an elf or a gnome or things like that. He he didn't want to do those. He wanted to be taken seriously as an actor, and he's just like, you know what? My my size shouldn't take into account this character. Like, just let me play a character. He and could let, have been the de facto it. Hallmark Christmas elf, but instead, he was in Game of Thrones. Exactly. I think he took the right decision there. Yeah, no, uh, he he wanted to play more human characters because he's an actor with gravitas who can do that. And so I think the fact that he's in this knows that it shows me that he understands the joke. He's you know the joke is never at his expense. Yeah, no, it the definitely joke is isn't. How stupid like Buddy it's is. not. It, it is, but like it's it's such an embarrass. Like you, it, you, it, like this is why some cringe comedy doesn't play. Is because you get so embarrassed on, yes. on behalf of the other person that I, you're just like, ah. There are some things like before this that I do think like I do love uh like a gimbals like a large Mm -hmm. um like miracle on 34th street is like one of my uh, like one of my favorite uh movies um initially um and it's just like when you go to a a, the magical christmas land of a department store so i i like that when he went in and he christmas fight it up it was it was so beautiful um and definitely showed like um some sort of like I like it when this move when this movie is sincere. Yeah, uh, I find myself um, calming yeah. and really liking it. When it's super cringe, that's yes. like um, you're just like uh, I don't know. But he pulls it off. Like Will Ferrell pulls off this naivete, which is I think a fucking mammoth task for an actor to do. I I really do think this is a movie star turn performance from him. Like I think his career was pretty well justified based on like I think he he was never necessarily like a sure thing this guy's going to be a movie star. You know, he's very tall, he's very kind of gangly and goofy looking and his comedy style is sort of hard to pin down. Ugh. It's hard to really describe what I, Will Ferrell is good at. I know at. we're never going to get to talk about Anchorman, but yeah. Anchorman is what, for me, was the bust-out Will too. Ferrell one. I was just like, there's something about when he plays a dumb, high-status character that I'm just like, I am fucking there for it. But when you've got yeah. this sort of like, like, he's just, you're just, your heart bleeds a little bit for Buddy. And uh, I think that also, because he plays, so James Caan plays the father so yeah. well in this and you're just like you're like oh his rejection so much rejection yeah. uh con is you know he, 
he's always one of those actors who feels like he's phoning it in a little bit to me. And then you hear him talk about this movie in interviews later, and he was so excited about it. He yeah. really thought this was going to be his next franchise. And uh, the reason that, that never actually happened, and because James Caan was older and getting towards the end of his life and never really gave a fuck to begin with, uh, he was always very honest about it and just said, like, James Favreau and Will Ferrell uh, hated each other. Oh, wow. They really? just did not get along. They didn't see eye to eye on the direction of the story. And it's kind of in both of their contracts that a sequel can't be made without either of their participation. And I think Will Ferrell's tact with it now is like, yeah, I'm almost 60. No one wants to see a 60 year old man like running around in an elf costume. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's. So it's one of those rare, like, kind of cultural phenomenon moments that doesn't have a proper sequel. I'm super curious about why they hated each other. I am, too. I am, too. Because uh, both of them seem like kind of amiable dudes, but maybe just their energy didn't really vibe. But, you know, I would argue that this is much more Will Ferrell. Like I said, I, I I like Jon Favreau well enough. I think he's very workmanlike so, as a director um we were talking about this a little bit earlier but would we have had the avengers without elf that's the thing because is is buddy the elf technically an avenger yeah it's <laughs> it's my understanding that the first iron man movie genuinely like only happened because of john favreau yeah. right yeah he he uh directed <clears throat> it and uh and, and kind of co-wrote it and like worked on it with uh, yeah. uh robert Downey jr and they basically spearheaded the entire MCU, yeah. which is now the most successful film franchise of all time, you know? So my my understanding of that is that he was so integral to getting the pieces to actually come together and not make a shit movie. Yeah. Um he was very comfortable with working with Robert Downey Jr., giving him leeway and having like some of the more improvised moments. Uh and yeah, truly generated all of that. And when J Ben mentioned it, I was like I mean, he was he was only in the movie for like two scenes. And then yeah. J Ban's like, he directed it. I'm like, oh yeah. I never realized he directed this movie. I just knew he was the doctor in the movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He directed it and then yeah, and then he had a big part in all of the MCU movies after this. But like, yeah, no, that that's kind of become <clears throat> his career. Like it went from Elf to Zathura, which we'll talk about eventually, and then Iron Man. Which, and, then, and then it's just off the races. And now he's just kind of Jungle a guy. Book, Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah. Now you just kind of slot him in if you need somebody who can kind of point the camera in the right direction and well, like, I feel get like generally good performance. I, I really feel like a thing about Jon Favreau that I think is overlooked is that his enthusiasm for the project yeah. is yes. really what brings the projects that he chooses to life because some of the projects he chooses are tricky like elf is tricky on the page like it's yeah. tricky um and like and no one thought jungle book was going to be a success um and was uh, it the live the live action one I, yeah i still haven't seen it because like, i haven't seen I just, it either like, i don't i think the live action so i i get conflicted about live action disney movies because some of them i'm like it's nice it's nostalgic uh watching beauty and the beast live action whatever uh watching i really enjoyed aladdin um but yeah. like i thought i mean <clears throat> the original's better and it's just it feels like a cash grab and it feels especially like the ones that um are animated com digitally compute computer digitally are just like a massive cash grab it's the, the my kind of hot take for all the people complaining about all the damage that marvel has supposedly done to cineplexes i think it's those live action disney remakes that are the real kind of like death of cinema for me they are so cynical they are so soulless and the fact that they're spending millions and millions of dollars to 
recreate something that was already pretty perfect. Like that, you know, we don't need a new live action Beauty and the Beast that's exactly like the yeah. original. We sure as fuck don't need whatever the hell that new Lion King was <laughs> that absolutely sucked all the joy out of that story. And that's a John Favreau joint <laughs> I, right there. I love how that movie came out and there was like enough that I heard about it without looking for it. Yeah. And then this might be the first time anybody's mentioned it since then but it <laughs> in my it, presence. It grossed a billion dollars. <laughs> so, I mean, you go figure. I mean, all of this really for me is to say that, like, I think the any magic that this movie Elf has is more coming from Will Ferrell than it is from Jon Favreau. I think his particular energy and, like, a lot of the kind of now iconic lines in this movie are improvised by Will Ferrell. The whole, the, his freak out when he finds out about Santa and I know him, I know him, that's improvised. Like the whole bit where he's uh, making his own little pasta with all the candy on it and eating it—that was improvised. Uh, oh my god! Like he, uh, they, I loved... they let him go, and I, I think that's when Will Ferrell really shines. I think this usually happens in the uh, the Adam McKay comedies that he makes with uh, that that they make together. Like he he finds characters that are so singularly weird. Think of like Step Brothers or the other guys, which is like. One of the weirdest characters. Like, I, love this character. I hated that movie the first time I saw it, and now I like watch it regularly because I I just love all these weird swings he's making with this character, you know. And uh, it's it's become like Will Ferrell's become such a ubiquitous guy at this point that it's like it feels weird to even talk about him because he's like he's he's not going anywhere, uh. you know. But uh, it's I I appreciate that he does all these very mainstream <clears throat> films, but he always brings his kind of energy Sorry. to it. And he also uses his cloud to make some really weird stuff. Sometimes I, I think my best line, my favorite line in this whole movie is like near the beginning of the great date night. Mm. Uh, and they go to cross the street and he goes, yellow ones don't stop. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, yeah. That sounds like a taxi that, cab to me. Sounds like a toss off. <laughs> All right. I want to, since we mentioned it, I want to talk about this date sequence because this is, uh, this has always been a sticking point for me in movies like this. Like they always cast a, a very beautiful young woman to play like the romantic interest for this weird kind of goofy man child character in these, in these big high concept comedies. I have a really hard time believing that she's attracted to him. Yeah. Same. And it's not, I'm not saying anything about his physical appearance. I'm saying like, I, I have a hard time believing that this woman is going to be attracted to this large boy who is uh, dressing like an elf and like just gets real excited and acts goofy like this all the time. Maybe it's like, I think we're supposed to think that it's his guilelessness that's charming her, but like, a, I don't feel it because uh, I feel like I, I, I'm not picking on Zoe Deschanel. I feel like the her part is really underwritten. Um, but I just uh, that's always an issue with me in comedies like this. I'm just like I don't buy this relationship. The, and I, I, I definitely like, and it's more of like if you met somebody like this on the street, you'd be like, okay, yeah. Um, and then you'd you'd treat them like they'd um, like they're the naive person that they are. You're like you don't want. Like, you don't necessarily, like, this man has no life skills. No. Okay, but let, let's let's dig into that just a little bit. Because, yes, he has no life skills, and this is a slight derailment uh, a little bit to this, but this man's got skills, oh, which look, is the most... He's got most elf skills, yeah. Ab it's the most 
it's the thing that I dislike the most is that like dude made what 81 etch sketches and they were like well we're looking for 900 I'm like alright cool well you don't add up over there uh, anywhere else in the world you fucking demolish that's the thing. Could, well it's relative speeds right they're working at elf speeds so they can produce yeah, all the toys yeah he, he could literally come to the real world and he could just decorate stores for holidays for the rest <laughs> of his life and make bank yeah like what he did to that store made his boss think they were gonna fire him yeah, yeah. because it was so good um yeah, I mean, you know, so he's but, he's got, like, some kind of magical elements to him. And I like the conceit that, like, he is somebody who grew up eating nothing but what elves in a magical uh, North Pole eat. So it's all cookies and candy canes uh, he eats and the syrup. cotton balls. I'm like, what? Yeah. This, so those weren't actual cotton balls, right? Oh, I'm sure they were, like, cotton candy or something. Like, yeah, oh. I'm sure it was some kind of prop. I like, don't know, man. A comedy, a, a, sometimes comedians do a lot for their art. Like, <laughs> did you see him eat that? There was no cut when he was eating the pasta with Was there on something it. wrong with that? Re- reportedly, he felt very sick after that. Yeah, yeah. He, he, had to, he had to take a couple days, which I can't really blame him that, for that. that. I just looked at him piling that all together, and I went, man... Should I do that too? <laughs> Speaking of food, I want to mention this. So, there's like, supposed this, to be a sweet pasta that I've never tried. Huh. Like, so I don't. I don't, know, I don't I, know. Is it like where does is it sugar in the process of is it making it? Like those gummy it? Or spaghetti, like they serve the movie theater. No, like it's regular pasta, but you put sugar and butter. Okay. On it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I know you I put sugar in pasta sauce. Anyway, either way. Um, I, More I should mention that we, we tried to have like the full like 4D experience here, and uh, we got some yeah. elf-flavored donuts from the Krispy Kreme at my, uh, right next door to my apartment. Uh, not to dox myself or anything. Sorry, folks. I live next to a Krispy Kreme donuts. Um, but yeah, it, it's, uh, we, we tried the four different flavors of elf donuts. Mostly I was trying to see if I can get Justin to turn around on this. Oh, did you find Look. an answer to the sweet spaghetti? I did. So there's sweet cinnamon and brown dessert pasta and there's polish strawberry pasta with cream Ooh. so there's like right. the, like there's a thing yeah. about sweet pasta i don't know but, uh, but nothing look. about gummy bears or chocolate on there though, no yeah, nothing so. about that if which you... was on well at least inspired by the donuts yeah, if you the put we had donuts yeah. in front of me yeah it's a hard, hard time to find a donut I don't like. I'm not the biggest fan of jelly filling, but I yeah. still will eat it. Yeah. Um, but this these... one wasn't jelly filled, right? So we had no. it's, it's, Oreo filled. It's, it's I would have cleaned Oreo up yeah, so. all of these donuts on my own. Like, truthfully, they weren't bad. Like, no, they, they were, were good. Solid. The, the good. sugar cookie donut was the best. Oh, it was so good. Look, the sugar cookie one was solid. It's like blue, and it's got a little like sugar uh, Buddy the Elf on there that you can eat. Um, I'm still a sucker for just a regular chocolate glaze with sprinkles, yeah, and that's yeah. one of them. Boring you know? donuts. I know, I know, but you know what? It's, uh, hard, to, it's hard to argue with the, the There was a maple donut that was a maple donut covered in syrup. Right. It was and that was also pretty good. That one was called the Buddy's <laughs> Breakfast. It was inspired by his eating habits, so it had M&Ms on there. well and it's so nice that so this movie like we talk about christmas movies and like we we talk about movies that have legacy this is the 20th anniversary year of elf it's very popular it's definitely um 
Uh, I feel like you're right. This I feel like this generation grew up on Buddy the Elf, uh, yeah. and um, it, it it seems to be such a big part of Christmas for a lot of people. It's just not a big part of my Christmas, um, and like um, and I feel like they, this played on high rotation. Like my flatmate was like, yeah, when he was working at Gold's Gym, they would play it nonstop every. Yeah. It was like the d- December movie that they would play, um, and it was just like. Um, I think that like I think this is fine for other people. I don't cons- like and I think it's a classic because other people like it. I don't consider yeah. it a, it's not a personal classic. It's not yeah, necessarily very for me much. either. I I think I was an early fan of it just as a comedy nerd. I was excited to see that like, oh yeah, Will Ferrell's going to be a movie star now. That's cool. He was kind of like you know, uh, not necessarily a cult comedy figure at that time, but like, you know, he you, you, he wasn't uh, the, the guy that he was today. And so like that felt exciting. It's like, oh, this guy's going to get a movie career. Uh, and I thought it was funny and I thought it was charming and it felt like a nice little antidote to the Christmas movies I'd been watching over and over. I still find it pretty charming uh, for the most part. It's definitely reached kind of a point of oversaturation just in our culture. Like, at this point, it's not that exciting to see somebody wearing like an elf T-shirt or you know, like I said, hey, the branding is just absolutely everywhere. The branding it's- is everywhere. Like the um, I was I was tempted to actually go to one of the Alamo Drafthouse movie parties because they're like they're having a movie party practically every night. Yeah, with the elf. Um, with the elf movie but i was just like mm, i'll just watch it at home yeah yeah, yeah for sure yeah it, it's it's not necessarily something i want to be watching in a crowd you yeah know? Um, i think i think jay band did a good job of articulating all the things that i don't like about the movie and it's really just like this the cringy and the second hand embarrassment and stuff i've always been like hit hard with that and so i just but i agree that there's a lot in this movie that's fun mm-hmm. um and in addition to this uh, this isn't my favorite Will Ferrell Christmas movie. Okay. Because, uh, and I don't think it did very well, but there's a movie that came out called Spirited from like Apple. I really like Spirited. It's pretty it's good. Really Is that worth watching? It was a lot of fun. Apple. It was I, fun. I, I, honestly, I saw the poster and it looked annoying. Uh, and I saw, <laughs> honestly, yeah. I thought it was all right. Okay. Um, I had actually, at the AMC, they had did an event uh, that year, which was last year. Yeah. Uh, where it was just like a $5 mystery movie, and that was what the movie was. So it was before it aired. Uh, I guess it was like an early showing thing they were doing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, me and my roommates went and watched it, and they were like, eh. And I was like, this is probably my favorite Will Ferrell movie. Yeah, <laughs> okay. It, it was a fun movie. And yeah. Like it's, it was definitely – and like I'm – I'm a sucker for a Scrooge movie. Mm. Like, uh, um, is that what that is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it's like it's the I ghosts literally, from Scrooge. Like, truthfully, they did such a bad job marketing that movie. The poster is just like red and green with Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds on the cover. They're dressed like it's, elves, and I had I'm just like this looks irritating. It's such an interesting it's concept. A musical, right? Mm, there's music in it. Okay. I, I think it might fall under the classification, but it's a little light on it. Yeah, okay. they, I think they've got like three songs in it. Okay. In yeah, but it always annoys me too. It's like if you're gonna be a musical, <laughs> just be a musical. Don't dip your toe in. You know, don't just like the, skim the surface. Come on. The concept of the movie is that Ryan Reynolds is the the modern Scroogey businessman character. Okay. And. Uh, Will Ferrell works at like the the Christmas agency that does 
the the Scrooge style ghost uh, things to try to make people change their ways. And Ryan Reynolds is the target, but they have to call in the big guns, which is Will Ferrell, who plays a very like straight and serious character through most of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, it, it was a good time. Ryan okay. Reynolds was the character you'd expect Ryan Reynolds to be, and Will Ferrell was like the person trying to rein in Ryan Reynolds throughout it. It um, is very. I feel like it felt it felt good. The dynamic felt. Yeah, felt it felt nice. good. Like I, I think Ryan mm. Reynolds is really funny, and Will Ferrell is great, and. Uh, like uh, I would definitely rewatch the movie. Like I don't okay. know, it's not uh, it's not something that I watch and that I fell in love with. It's something I watch and I'm like, that was a fun movie. Yeah. That was a fun movie. I would rewatch it some other. It's Christmas. probably not a cinematic masterpiece, I'll, but it was still a good time. I'll give it a chance. Okay, I'll give it a chance. I mean, it, it just kind of like tangentially thinking right now. It's interesting to me that Will Ferrell's career has m- may, remained pretty consistent. I mean, in terms of like. The the comic persona that he was back in two thousand three is still largely the kind of types he plays. Like as recently as something in like Barbie, biggest, yeah, like, the biggest movie of the year, right? Barbie, right? And he's still kind of doing that shtick. Like a lot of his contemporaries have either like they're directing or they're doing like dramatic work and trying oh, to win like Oscars. Bill Hader, like, like yeah, yeah. It's like you know, like so it's interesting that he has really stuck with his guns. Like he's had this brand for so long, and he's. Uh, it's not that well, he can't be a dramatic. I've seen him give good dramatic performances and things, but well, it's never be felt interesting, like a big Like what swing. he talks about, like he is close to 60 now and like how is he going to transition? Because I feel like British comedians do a really good job of transitioning to old age mm-hmm. uh, because like I think they're, they're allowed to transition into old age. Uh, I'm, so I'm super curious about how Will, <clears throat> Will Ferrell will like transition Just into Just be careful it. about using the word transition in case any elderly British comedians are listening because <laughs> might get real offended. So, uh, yeah. I, I I think one of the big things about uh, like British humor is that it's a little less childish. Um, it's just it's very dry. It's very, it's it's, it's, it's yeah. a little more dry. But then even like the childish stuff isn't quite as like yeah yeah I guess yeah no, um, I understand that. But yeah. their childish stuff is often related to class yeah. and to class identity. Uh, and so you have somebody who is acting like a child, but it's because they're upper class. So it's like this thing that they're punching. You're punching up. Yeah, like you're in because okay. they're they're a ninny. You know, they're yeah. they're they're silly because they've been so sheltered their whole life. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's transition to talking about the game because a lot of people listening, you know, despite all the insane amount of elf merchandising that's out there you're probably completely unaware that the elf video game exists and there might be a good reason for that. <laughs> uh so the elf video game uh was released on november 4th 2004 so a full year later it was developed by human soft and published by crave software and this is exclusive to the game boy advance so you may have missed this entirely and it's probably pretty hard to find most places now um, yeah, so this came out a full year after it, uh, the movie. It was basically buried. This is made by Crave Software, and they're basically known for uh, cranking out really half-hearted, like budget titles based on IP that nobody cares about. Like I, I know I'm being mean to Crave Software, but uh, <laughs> I've had to play a lot of their games throughout my various podcasts over the years, and uh, I have reason to be mad at them. They've put me through some really terrible games. <laughs> Um, yeah, look up uh, uh, Santa Claus Saves the Martians, or, uh, or no, it's, it's Santa Claus Saves the World, uh, or Elf Bowling, or Milo's Astro Lanes. Yeah, there's a lot of shit out there made by Crave Software. And I think I might count uh, Elf the video game among them. Um, 
it's it's hard to describe this game because this is the laziest, the least ambitious, the most like straightforward video game I think I've ever played. <laughs> like, would you would you be surprised that Wikipedia says the game received generally negative reviews? <laughs> I would not be surprised by that. I would not be surprised by that. You you're basically you're you're following along the plot of the movie, but it's a side-scrolling platformer where all you do is walk right, jump up and down to collect candy, and that's it. Hey, except it's not always side-scrolling. Yeah, yeah, sometimes you have like top-down segments where it's just incredibly they, frustrating to maneuver. Yeah, they don't improve. Like the side-scrolling part that I had played had a lot of things that you jump on, and it's bouncy, and the more you bounce on it, the higher you get. But it's like. The thing that you're trying to bounce to is out of frame, so you're just, like, guesstimating, like, I think I'm supposed to land about here. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I missed. So I I didn't like the game, but, like, we've played some bad fucking games. We have. We have. Uh, I don't absolutely. think this is near the bottom of the barrel. So, just, like, yeah. it's definitely, like, it functions. It, sure. Like, the, the animation works. Um, like, you, you don't get lost. Um, you it, 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 It's functional, uh, which, you know, is high praise. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I, I was definitely, like, I played, like, what, three levels on it. And it was just, like, um, super, like, I, I don't know what age group this game is for. Like, I feel like the... Um, the mini games that they played, like you build a snowman, you mm-hmm. sort shoes, you have a little memory game where you fill Santa's sack. Um, and it's just like, I don't know, like maybe a four-year-old? I don't know. understand for, children's ages. It's for babies without hands. Ba- yeah. Yeah. Kind of almost exclusively. No, it's, it's, it, I'm not going to say that because we did die a lot and we couldn't get past the fourth level. So like maybe that's not necessarily <laughs> on them. But like... I, I yeah I, I agree that it's like basically functional and it's inoffensive in a lot of ways, but it it is almost comically tossed off. Yeah, like, it, it is. This is this is the epitome of like first draft like game making. It's like all right, sitting at a table. It's like okay, what should our elf game be? Uh, Side scrolling uh, platformer. Done. Uh, Everyone take uh, a long weekend. Uh, candy. Yes, uh, candy. We'll have candy jumping. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Danger, polar bears, icicles. Got it, got it. Do we have some old uh, polar bear sprites from Donkey Kong Country that we can make <laughs> uh, Let's toss those in here. All right, we're done. Uh, we'll uh, we'll close the office early. Intern, you don't mind staying and programming this entire game? Uh, okay, <laughs> thank you, thank you. You're really earning that college credit. That's basically the conceit behind this game. It's one of those, it's like, they, they don't even really give you any kind of weapons to defend yourself. I believe later in the game you do get access to some snowballs for some limited sequences where you're like having like you're recreating the snowball fight from the movie you know but most of what you're getting is just walking around collecting either candy or the letters of new york and the animation actually doesn't look half bad like uh, i have to say the graphics aren't terrible um again we've played some real bad ones um but it's definitely like it's it looks like an elf video game it has the same spirit as elf the movie um like it, it's functional um like but uh, like it is not fun ish to play like it, it's not it's just sort of like it's ve- it, like you could yawn and um you'd probably have more fun yeah you you're it's it's one of those games where any kind of motivation you have to play through it will be stymied the first time you die you're just like, this is going to be fine as long as I don't hit any kind of obstacle. The moment I hit one single obstacle, that's too high of a barrier for me to, for my interest to succumb, you know? Like, 
I, I am not going to survive uh, dying more than once in this game. Uh, just because, not because it's so hard, it's because I will get bored. Uh, but I will agree, like, it's it's got kind of like the uh, the fluid sort of Super Nintendo-looking sprites, which I appreciate. Um, most of it looks like it's, like, being done. Like, I think they're I going for like a storybook. I do like the fact book. that um, Buddy does look oversized. Like, he yeah. doesn't fit in the world. Yeah, And yeah. I really, I did like that that little um, but the, piece. The cutscenes being just a single frame of a scene from the movie. Yeah. Uh, in very JPEG quality. Yeah, I think uh, the, the photo quality is 1P. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, with no subtitles or text. No. It's just like, here's a picture of Buddy the Elf being talked to by another elf. It sounds like you're being Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember it, he was good in this movie. Uh, yeah, but no, I get what you mean. It's just single still image, and then you get kind of an inscrutable font telling you roughly what you're supposed to do. Yeah, and then you, this game still has a password system. Like the there Game Boy no Advance cartridges were able, you could save on a Game Boy Advance cartridge. Yeah. Like, but this one still has a password they, system, like they, the old Super Nintendo. They went game. so cheap on this; they didn't even include a storage chip. Most likely, probably. That's not. why they're just like, oh yeah, we can save like two cents a cartridge. Yeah. I mean, I'm willing to bet if you just kind of like buckle down and, and play through this game in one go, it would probably take you an hour just based on the progress we were making, like corresponding with the plot of the movie. Um, I, I couldn't imagine it would take more than one hour to finish this game if you really cracked down on it. Uh, fun fact. We were talking, you were talking about Crave. Um, that's their name, right? Yeah, Crave Software. Yeah. Uh, they uh, are the reason why I, one of my favorite games as a kid came out because they published Star Lancer. What is Starland? It, Star Lancer was oh, Star like Lancer. I it was you like Starland. Did you ever hear about Wing Commander? Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, it's basically like another uh, where it's I believe co-developed with the Wing Commander studio. But they made a sequel called Freelancer that was an open world like space uh, role playing game. You don't really have stats or anything, but you you have relations with the different factions, and there's yeah. an overarching story. But you can go wherever, whenever you want. There's a trading system. It's kind of like the major uh, influence for Star Citizen. Okay. Um, but I played so much of that game as a kid. There's like a, a storyline where there's a uh, a big old conspiracy, and I love conspiracy storylines. Okay. In, in games, movies, TV shows, always so much fun to be like, ooh, who's the bad guy? Which one's the bad guy? Do we know? Uh, but anyway, yeah. I, I, so I, I'll take that under Crave, advisement. I will. I will. I would apologize to Crave. But Crave they, did something. They right. know what they've done, but they they okay. only published it. Yeah. They didn't. They were not involved with <laughs> development whatsoever. And then after that one came out, Microsoft got involved in this. Oh. The next was freelancer was published with Microsoft. Oh, okay, that makes so, more sense. Yeah. Um, um, they ditched them, and they're like, "Nah, now nah, we're doing we're doing big kid stuff." <laughs> well, um, I think. The other important element to talk about with this game, uh, which I think J-Ban is, you're the, you're the one who really dug deep on this. This game comes with mini games. <laughs> yes. There are three mini games. Uh, can I just play. emphasize the mini and mini games? The very mini, yes, absolutely. Um, so tell us about your experience playing these mini games, Uh The snowman one was atrocious. It was just like you just rolled a ball, it got bigger, and then you put 
three balls on top of each other and then a snowman existed. It's, um, it's kind of a riff on the classic like block pushing puzzle that you see in a lot of video games like this, but like there's no real rhyme or reason to it. Like you don't need to be strategic about where you approach the snowball parts. They don't need to be a certain size. You just need to bump three of them together. I was thinking about like almost lawnmower simulator. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then the uh, memory game was super easy. I was like, I, I was like, I wondered. Well, I did. I was curious. I was like, if I play this memory game twenty five times, would it? Would I have to memorize twenty five things, or was it only like up to six? I don't know. Uh, but uh, and then finally the shoe game, which was the troubling one because it was tricky because you had this like little rotating four axis thing, and you pick up a shoe, but you don't always pick up the shoe that you want to pick up the shoe, and you've got to pair the shoes again riveting this game was, I was riveting I, was, I, I only just watched you play this last one but i was really confused about the mechanics on yeah. that one like yeah the it, mechanics were not good yeah you it, got it these seemed... conveyor belts of shoes coming in from all different sides and you're supposed to snatch the right colors but yeah I, I wasn't clear which one was doing the grabbing and which one was, yeah it was weird i think i think they all grab at the same time oh, uh okay. because i saw jay yeah. pick up multiple shoes it's like this is the type of game that we either would have played on the computer in class when I was a kid because it was inoffensive and just kind of like, ah, do, do, do. Or this would be like a modern mobile game, obviously uh, a little more cleaned up and yeah. better. But this would be like a modern mobile game with like microtransactions and stuff. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, it, it is what it is, you know. Like, uh, it's it's a very unambitious side-scroller with three pretty negligible mini-games tossed on it. Like, Supposedly, had I paid full price for this at any point, I'd probably be more upset than, uh, than if I just kind of emulated this. But Supposedly, uh, there are mini games in the story as well in the that we didn't get to right yeah so you fly santa's sleigh hopefully those are like look i don't think they're any better but like we can hope right yeah it's just it's just kind of the bare minimum it's something i'm surprised with this movie's popularity that it hasn't been revisited in another form and that um, makes me wonder if there's a contractual reason for it like you had mentioned that like yeah. they can't make a sequel to the movie without the two of them signing off on it it makes me wonder if some somehow somewhere somebody has control over it and they're like no i'm curious because come to think of it are we going to be talking about very many like will ferrell movies i don't, I don't think i don't think, think anchorman so. has a video game anchorman doesn't i'm trying to think of the ones that would like blades of glory doesn't um yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't I think this might be the only one. I'll double check on that, but yeah, uh obviously he appears in a lot of movies, but it's in terms of him being like the title character, this might kind of be the only one. Um but, you know, it was fun to dig into either way. Do we have any final thoughts on Elf? Um I think it's a good movie for most people it's just not one of my favorites i mean i don't know whether or not well and i think that like it is there are there's a lot of charm in it but it's also one of those movies that i think everyone's watched so many times that it's just sort of hard to um hard to quantify i will say that uh those donuts that we ate are actually a pretty good metaphor for this movie in that uh it is uh surprisingly good uh, a little cloying at the end, and I wouldn't want to uh, have it every day. Uh, I'm going to say <laughs> there you go. don't watch the movie. Go buy the donuts. Uh, I'm going to. Oh, yeah. Well, I, we didn't. We sort of veered from talking about the third act, but I do think the third act is the weakest point when uh, because there's no reason for uh, Santa to, like to be people lost the 
meaning of Christmas uh, right over New York City, right over Central Park. Like, it was just so coincidental. It feels late to drop that on us. It, like they, I guess they kind of mention it in the first act, but then that goes away for the entire But there movie. is a group song, and I'm a sucker for the magic of Christmas singing. And also her voice. No, um, yeah, I, I love Zoe Deschanel's voice. Uh, look, I just love Zoe Deschanel in this movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's a lot great. to love. She's yeah. very pretty. She's she's one of those like having her without glasses and with blonde hair kind of made her almost unrecognizable for me. Like if I hadn't had her voice, like I wouldn't have uh, kind of recognized her at that point. But yeah, I just think it's it's a Deus Ex Santa, right? Yeah, you know? Deus yeah. Ex Santa. Absolutely. She drops out of nowhere and like solves the movie, especially because they. They established that it used to run off of uh, Christmas cheer, but they built an engine for it. Yeah. Because there wasn't enough. And uh, apparently it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Which, to be fair, it did like backfire the first time they looked at it. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess. But they also were like. Uh, your uh, papa showed you everything about this thing. And I'm like, wait a minute. Did he? Yeah. Because I thought Elf left like a couple days later. No, no. Or was that that before the time lapse? Yeah, that was before he even started working in the the workshop. I do like the So what we're saying is, Buddy the Elf is a rocket scientist. (laughs) Yes, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do like the button that this movie puts on everything where it's like, yeah, they, they went into business for themselves. They published a book about the movie you just saw. That tracks, that feels, this this movie ultimately feels like kind of a uh, a kid's movie or a kid's book that's just kind of 10% smarter and uh, more clever yeah, than it needs I, to I be. do think it was unnecessary that he ends up with a child at the end because I'm just like, <laughs> I don't want to think what about is he? Like, oh, buddy fucks. <laughs> I don't want to think about it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Also, don't, the don't. scene where Buddy got drunk, <laughs> he just gets wasted in the mail room. Like, not wasted, but like, he's they're definitely wasted. having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's pretty yeah, great. I, I'm, I'm with you. Like, having having a child at the end there it just raises logistical questions that I don't like to think about. Especially what logistical when... questions? He's a human. Oh, look. Okay, look. I understand. She's the me- a human. I understand the mechanics yeah, of it. Yeah, but like, who's taking of care it. of the child? Like, like uh, raising money and diapering it the like, book like do they have, sold they they do, make money but do they have to dress like that do they live in the north pole or they they're just visiting they visit? they're they're following the trends okay. they're, they're following the uh the culture and the uh what's what you might call it north pole. um the uh my god the customs yeah, yeah the, the customs yeah, yeah. they're following the local customs okay uh-huh. um all right. Well, ten out of ten. I, I stop. I'll, I'll, I would comment <laughs> like, with Ron. Like, that's with of the entire movie. That's not that absurd. No. Um, well, let's move on to our wrap up where oh, we yeah. talk about whether this is a uh, good movie, good game, a bad movie, bad game, or some mixture in between. I think we might have already articulated a lot of our thoughts. Uh, I will go. Uh, I'm, I'm still going to say this is a good movie. I am for sure a little sick of seeing uh, this kind of everywhere. I think it's just been a little oversaturated and could stand to cool it a little bit. Um, but I, I think overall, this is a, uh, a, a clever movie with a good heart that means well and uh, has a certain timelessness that I can appreciate. 
And I think this is a bad game. It's a bad game. It's not. <laughs> yeah. It's not the worst we played. It's not bottom of the barrel. It's basically functional, but it's just so comically it's, lazy. It's a game that if you would have bought it at the time, you hopefully would have bought it out of the bargain bin for your ten-year-old. Yeah. Um. So or I'm gonna less, say or younger. Good movie, but if you want to watch a ho- a Christmas movie that maybe is unsaturated, is Scrooged, Scrooge uh, is with Bill Murray. Uh, like definitely. It, it it's it's stands the test of time. Scrooge is so good. Um and um but yeah like it's so yeah I, I just feel like again this is a bit oversaturated but um and I think it's a it's hard for me to say bad game because it was functional but I'm gonna say <laughs> bad but functional. Like, yeah. We, deeply unengaging. We have to we because of what we've been put through. <laughs> we have set the bar so low. I'm sorry. It being a functional game should not be the bar. <laughs> it should be over that. That's the bar true. should be above. One would hope. One would hope. <laughs> should be more than functional. It should be functional. Oh. oh. You're welcome. Okay, You're welcome. Right. Let's print I'll up the be here God damn it. all week. Okay. Um, all right. Where do you come down? Where Did, did your heart grow right. three sizes this so, screening? Here's the thing. This movie, clearly not for me. Sure. However, it is absolutely undeniable that I am in the minority uh, based on everything. So I have to say it's a good movie that I did not enjoy. Or at least everybody thinks it's a good movie. I think it's a movie. I don't think it's a bad movie. I don't hate it. But when I had to watch it every year, I was like, (sighs) No. Yeah. Anything else? I'm not the world's biggest Christmas movie person. Yeah. But this was one that I was I would rather not watch. Okay. And, and that's why I tried to start the Die Hard. Uh, uh, hey, you got your Die Hard thing at my family of yeah. like, hey, we watch Die Hard every Christmas. There you go. Um, but I don't know if it, it's gonna take. And of course, you felt the game was functional. No. 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 You didn't find it functional. I thought it was clunky but functional uh, and overall blah, so bad. Yeah, pretty blah. Um, pretty I bad. always feel bad calling things bad, but like it was a bad game. That's fair. Um, That's fair. And it's. I think that is about what they wanted out of it. I don't think there was any intention. I don't think any of the developers went into this going, I'm going to make it big off of this game. <laughs> hey, I think they all know. went into this going, I am punching a clock. Yeah, I am going to get credit so, at DeVry University for this game. Now that we've wrapped up, there's something that I f- forgot to say. Is like, and oh, no. um, evidently, this the soundtrack for this was second only to Polar Express in Christmas albums since '91. Wow, interesting. I, because we discussed this on Polar Express that the score for this is pretty similar. Yeah, uh, or at least we should say the score for Polar Express is pretty similar to this because mm-hmm. that came second. Um, yeah, I, I think the score is lovely. It's yeah. very nice. Yeah. It's very jolly and very Christmassy. It sounds very nice. Um, all right, everybody. Well, we've got another uh, couple of Christmas movies with really good scores coming up for you uh, because to close out our month, we're going to give you a little mini-series. That's right, two back-to-back movies in the same series that are following our all-Christmas trend. That means that next week we're going to be watching oh. Home Alone. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then the week after that, it will be Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. So we're closing out the year with the Home Alone duology. I mean, I'm there's many super movies, curious to but... see how Home Alone in New York um, fares uh, time-wise because I 
was always a sucker for Home Alone New York. Like, uh, I, was, I was a sucker for that. Like, going to New York City, being <laughs> a kid, it, getting a hotel room. What's the I official title? It's, it's, it's just Lost home, in New York. Oh, is it? Okay. I'll say, York. we're calling it Home Alone New York as if it's like the new CSI. <laughs> <laughs> idea <laughs> although uh, yeah he kind of is he perpetrates the, horrible crimes i'm all i'm pretty sure there was a csi new york there was uh, yeah yeah gary sinise yes gary yes. sinise that's the one i had i was thinking of him but as we um, all are in this christmas season yeah uh, we're all christmas sinise things to all I, of you i was literally sitting here while y'all were talking about the soundtrack sinistings. going uh oh yeah home alone's a christmas movie isn't it yeah, i was deep, thinking through all the home alone movies movie. yeah all and then uh and then we're doing it we're doing so, it we're doing hey. it so tune in next week to hear us talk about the first home alone thank you everybody and uh you better check your elf before you wreck <clears throat> your elf <laughs> No, 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 we want to, anyone have a stronger line than that punch up room? Oh God, no, I don't, I bet it broke me.